Thank you for downloading or podcasting this track. This recording has been remastered to provide the best sound possible given the audio environment of the original recording session. Mosaic Silver Spring is a faith community located just inside the Capitol Beltway in Montgomery County. For more information, please visit our website, www.mosaicsilverspring.org, and we'll see you in the neighborhood. Good morning, Mosaic. Happy Easter. My name is Kelly Carter, and I have the privilege of reading our scripture this morning from Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 20. Follow along with me. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell people, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Join me in prayer. Father God, we come to you humbled, thankful. Um, We thank you for your death and resurrection for us, for me, for our sins. Lord, thank you. I pray this morning that you would open our hearts, our minds, our ears to hear and to see, and to to touch, and to feel, and to experience, and understand more fully your death and resurrection, and what it means for us, and our relationship with you, Lord. I pray that you would be with Pastor Joel, that you would give him the words um, to say, to speak to us, and that we um, would hear them 
and apply them and live them out in each area of our lives. Bless him as he preaches um, and bless us as we hear. And it's in Jesus' name that we come and pray these things. Amen. Amen. Thank you uh, so much, Kelly, for reading uh, Matthew chapter 28. And again, it is a delight to uh, see each one of you this morning. A few years back, the cast of the Broadway musical, The Lion King, captured some video and uploaded it to YouTube. And uh, it, the video contained them singing uh, The Circle of Life. Uh, but it wasn't on stage that they were singing. It captured it in a few different places. Uh, on, in one instance, they were on an airplane that was being boarded by lots of other passengers departing out of Australia. And so while people are coming down that center aisle on the airplane to find their seats, the cast of The Lion King break out with the circle of life. That one has like 55 million views. And then there's another where they're on a subway car in New York City. And so they're riding. Uh, you get, catch a scene of the car. People are doing the things that they typically do on the subway. And then all of a sudden, boom, circle of life. It kicks in and uh, you capture not only their singing, but everyone's responses. And it is fascinating to watch. Uh, I don't particularly love uh, the musical The Lion King. No offense to anyone who's watching who does. But to see these gifted people uh, using their gifts without makeup, uh, without amplification, no audiovisual support, no costumes, it's just sheer talent and giftedness. And when they break out to song, one of the things that's fascinating is uh, kind of their giftedness uh, in these mundane places and how people respond. And so for those who love the Lion King, that look of sheer joy and delight on their faces after the initial confusion, they uh, see and hear what's happening, and some of them even participate and join in. Uh, you can see the joy on people's faces. Then uh, you see uh, almost like continued confusion, maybe among tourists or people who aren't quite sure, like, is it always this way on subway cars in, in New York City? They uh, may pull out their phones or they just continue to kind of look around with this look of what's happening. And then, uh, then you have like the business travelers, right? Uh, the people who they're just there to get to their destination. Uh, they have this look of uh, annoyance, of uh, trying to check out. Uh, they are not enjoying the moment of the circle of life. They're not into it. And you get this mix as the loud singing, uh, the gifted individuals uh, belt it out. And one of the things that Matthew is doing in his gospel is not altogether different uh, from those YouTube videos. And it's in this way, the resurrection of Jesus uh, was taking place, it was something uh, supernatural taking place in the midst of a mundane context, and people responded to it very differently. Here, it wasn't the cast of some Broadway musical showing up. It was God himself showing up to bring about redemption. But when he shows up, it's not as if it got announced ahead of time. He just shows up. 
And in Matthew's gospel in chapter 28, he's capturing the varied response to God showing up in just a mundane place. Jesus burst forth from the grave. No special costumes, no sound effects, no amplification, no audiovisual support. Just the resurrected Jesus breaking out. And he is met by people who are, are, are fearful, people who may have some doubts or trepidation. It turns once people, some of them figure out what's going on, uh, to joy uh, and to celebration. And you get this full response through the narrative that Matthew unpacks for us. And so while this may not be your first Easter, uh, just like it may not be the first time that you've heard of the Lion King soundtrack, uh, this story that Matthew unfolds is designed to break into your circumstances here and now. The word of God, the book that we have, or the collection of books in Scripture, they are living and active. God uses them, even in the 21st century, even here in Montgomery County, to meet us where we are at in the midst of our own lives and calls us to respond. And so this morning, we're going to look at this uh, God appearance, this resurrection event. And we're going to look at it in two points. First, God showing up. And then second, Jesus sending out. So first, God shows up. In uh, verse 1 in chapter 28, we are introduced. It, this is happening after the Sabbath. So it's the first day of the week or Sunday. And it's toward uh, the dawn. So early in the morning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary uh, went to see the tomb. And behold, we're told in verse 2, behold, take note, an announcement of breaking in in the mundane duties of a given day on the first day of the week. So this is Monday, uh, typically how we think about it. This would have been Monday for them in the first century Mediterranean world going about the realities of all that has happened uh, through Good Friday to that moment, and behold, God shows up. There was a great earthquake. Cue to us, God is showing up. An angel of the Lord descends from heaven. Cue to us. This is God showing up. Something is going on here outside of the normal or mundane. And rolls away the stone and sits on it. Uh, and this is a little bit more subtle, but this is a signal to you. The angel showing up and taking up a particular posture that Matthew's capturing. The stone has been rolled away. The stone that covered the grave the grave now being empty and God's messenger sitting victorious on top of the stone itself. Not a normal sitting spot, not a normal lawn chair, so to speak, in the first century world. A message to those women and to us today that God has shown up. And so in verse 3, the angel, the messenger, his appearance was like lightning and his clothing white 
as snow. And so we are introduced to the resurrection event. We don't hear a lot about the resurrection itself. It's almost as if we're dropping in and the going about of the normal business. And then, boom, behold, God has arrived. And he is carrying with him an announcement that the crucified Jesus, the one who used to be in the grave, the one who you used to be able to find lying there, is no longer there. He has been raised by the power of God from the dead. And uh, I recognize that uh, the challenge of talking about the resurrection of Jesus here in the 21st century is a couple folds. There are a few challenges to it. And so I'm going to take just a moment to deal with those. Uh, the first challenge is for those of you who've grown up in the faith. Uh, or for those of you who've grown up going to church, uh, getting a bit dressed up on Easter and uh, maybe going with others and being a part of a community, you get the celebration and you know how Matthew 28 or the other three Gospels, you know how they go. And so it's not as surprising for you. It's like watching a movie uh, that you've seen a few times before. Part of how we meet that challenge in the 21st century, is we recognize the connection to God showing up in the midst of our lives and him being active. The resurrection is not only this historic event that's happened in time and space 2,000 years ago, but it is a demonstration of how God interacts with the world today. So that while your particular challenges uh, may look different this coming Monday, the reality of God's character, his work, his love and care, his grace to us, he continues to show up in our lives today. Now, the other challenge is uh, a more straightforward one as we've become more technologically savvy, as we've become uh, more uh, scientifically thoughtful, then we can tend to rule out uh, the supernatural. We may lean on natural causes, natural explanations for everything. And if that is uh, the uh, leaning the tilt of the world that we are all in and that we occupy. I think that is the water that we swim in in the 21st century, uh, certainly here in the metro D.C. area. Then this announcement that God has shown up, it pushes against that. It shakes that a bit. Um, it, it involves us having to think through, wait, do things happen in our world that are beyond merely natural causes. The Gospel of Matthew, in an unequivocal way, is declaring that God works and shows up in the world that he created. Now, this isn't to say that uh, we should not look at all to natural explanations or ways in which we should think about the world scientifically or technologically, but this is to say that we can't think about the world exclusively in those ways and thus rule out or lose sight of or not factor into how we operate in life that God shows up. This is Matthew's challenge to us in the 21st century, that we not think of ourselves too sophisticated or too far gone 
from the almighty God showing up and engaging in the world that he created with the people that he loved. And so when God shows up, we see a variety of responses. In verse 4, we see that the fear of the guards, they tremble and then fall over. They become like dead men. And the angel says to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here, for he has risen. As he said, come see the place where he lay. Then, in verse 7, go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee, and there you shall see him. I have told you. And so there are a few different responses uh, to uh, this news, this event, this showing up of God. One is fear that we see from the guards. Fear, uh, which was the common response to seeing God showing up, is almost falling over like you're dead. Uh, It is an overwhelming thing. And so we see that from the guards. Now, with the women, they experience fear as well. But the angel speaks directly to them, calls to them, do not be afraid, and uh, speaks into both their doubt and their fear that it is God who's acting here. It is God who is alive and is working. And so as women of faith, They have nothing to fear. And then he sends them off. And this, I hope, hits home for us. Because when we think about our own faith, when we think about the realities of life and death, uh, then we sometimes can respond in not altogether different ways. We can be struck with anxiety or fear. We can have our own doubts. And it's into those things that when God shows up, he calls us to respond. So he doesn't shame the women uh, for having those feelings. He calls them to respond in faith. And so we see this mix of fear. We see some doubt. And we uh, see that when God shows up, he goes beyond that and sends them out. And so... uh, They departed in verse 8, and uh, they uh, quickly departed from the tomb with fear and great joy, and they ran to tell his disciples. And so there adds in this new layer, fear and joy. They're still experiencing both. This is what it looks like to walk through the Christian life. There's just no getting away from this. The danger is that our fear paralyzes us like the guards. Um, We become like dead people and we're overwhelmed and we just despair. Uh, That we miss out on the joy. There's also a danger the other direction that we can talk so much about joy and hope that we don't allow people who are experiencing real tragedy, real loss, who are experiencing the reality of living in a sinful world, uh, who are wrestling through their own struggles, that uh, we only tell them to hope and we don't give them any room to wrestle through fear or doubt. My take as a Christian and as a pastor, is that these two things, they go together. 
Uh, and we may experience them in different measures, but as a whole community that we become fluent with fear, doubt, and joy. And that these things are a part of how we expect to go through life in different measures and in different ways. And in doing so, it helps us to be fluent with others emotionally. It helps us to connect with the real lives of people in our community. So go beyond just the superficial connections to have meaningful depth with what's going on in people's lives. So the women depart with both fear and great joy, and they run to tell the disciples. And then another behold, another God showing up. Here, Jesus meets them and greets them, and he comes to them. They take hold of his feet, and they worship. In the midst of their fear and joy, when they encounter the resurrected Jesus, they respond and worship. These women who in the first century uh, weren't given much credit, if any at all, for having the ability to see clearly or to function as witnesses, to give legal testimony. That was the world that they lived in. But the gospel is recording how these women experiencing fear and joy, maybe some doubt mixed in, responding to the resurrected Jesus become the exemplar disciples for all to follow. They first encounter the resurrected Jesus and give testimony to that first Easter when he is risen, and they become models for you and for I to look to and follow. These women are examples of faithfulness in the midst of their own fears, and some joy, they worship when they encounter the resurrected Jesus, or rather when he encounters them. They become a model for how Mosaic Silver Spring, as a community, turns and loves and cares for one another. How can we do it as a community? We can follow the example of these women in the first century and their response to Jesus. So when those in our community are experiencing fear at the violence around them, at the racism that we see playing out in our society, at the pandemic realities of watching people uh, struggle, seeing uh, inequity play out, uh, really just uh, the injustice of what it looks like even in our day and age, when we wrestle through those things, uh, then when that gets combined with some of the joyful realities that we can experience. Uh, new babies being born, uh, seeing people get vaccinated and getting to experience the world again uh, in ways that they haven't for some time. Uh, seeing how friendships and how people can care for one another, even strangers, giving their time and energy and love to others and the lift that that creates. Those things going together and being directed in worship is what the Christian life looks like. 
This is how Jesus meets us. The resurrected Jesus shows up to our community in the 21st century. One of our family's favorite meals uh, is, uh, it involves us sitting around a table uh, with a large circular platter on it and enjoying a meal. Now, you may think circular platter in the middle of the table and pizza may be the first thing that comes into your mind, but for our family, it's Ethiopian food. Uh, it is the joy of injara and tips and uh, greens and uh, split peas and lentils done a variety of ways all together uh, with the smells of spices uh, and the music and interacting with one another and others in the restaurant. It's something that I deeply miss uh, and have missed uh, all there are a number of amazing Ethiopian spots here uh, in lower Montgomery County and particularly in Silver Spring. But it's just not the same to go and participate in uh, an Ethiopian meal uh, with takeout. <laughs> There's something about, you know, takeout containers and a large brown bag with a receipt stapled to it. It, it doesn't it's just not the same. Uh, it's, it's not the same to see pictures of Ethiopian meals or to read about them. There is just something to experiencing the full reality of that family meal. This is what it is like for us as Christians. When we come into contact with the resurrection, with all of what we're struggling with, the fear, the doubt, the joy, when we turn in faith and when we worship, it is as if we're getting, as a community, a more full experience of what the resurrected Jesus is doing in our world. It's a way in which we just as we did this morning when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we are getting a taste of the sights that hasn't happened. We have experienced the resurrected Jesus through faith. We've been united together with him. And so it's impossible to go back to a time where you didn't know that. What we are left with is to walk through the ups and downs in life together having appetizers, having tastes of it in community, through worship, through the means of grace, through encountering scripture again and again. In the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our doubts, in the midst of our joyful moments, this is what it looks like for us to respond faithfully to the resurrection. It is to fall at Jesus' feet and to worship our King and our Savior the reality of his life, his death, and now his new life. A new life that each of us, having been united to Jesus in faith, look forward to participating even more fully one day. Let me pray for us. Gotta ask that this Easter Sunday, that we will be mindful of the ways that you have shown up, and that we will follow the example of these women who in the midst of their own fears, maybe some doubts, and some joy, responded in worship. Let that be our pattern. Let that be our response, not just individually, but as a community, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.